it. <laughs> Thank you. This is podcasting on a budget. So that's what this looks hey. like. <laughs> uh, I mean, if there's one thing I could talk about, it's waitressing. Holy <laughs> shit. I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> Oh, hi, you're listening to Service From Hell, the podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I currently work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. I'd like to welcome our guest, Sean Polofsky. Sean is an, another multi-hyphenate artist as an actor, writer, producer, and comic. She's originally from Oklahoma and was one of the only Jews to ever be in the state. She has a BA in theater from USC and is a Groundlings trained improviser. You may have also seen her on the NBC hit Community, Chelsea Lately, Last Comic Standing, or the enormously successful The Tonight Show on NBC. Sean also currently produces the incredibly funny game show Funny You Should Ask on CBS. I better know Sean from seeing her hilarious show Facebook Rants at the Comedy Store on the Sunset Strip, where she and other famous comics perform real social media posts that are always unbelievable. Sean, please tell us about yourself. Ah, Kate. Well, <laughs> wasn't that a mouthful, huh? I feel like after that I should say Shabbat Shalom and or <laughs> like read you like the specials for the day. Would you like to hear that? Oh, I'm going to get into it. Here but, we go. Uh, it, I'm really happy to be here. And, uh, yeah, I think I think you said it all. I mean, <laughs> It's, it's, I feel like my grandma Bertha just like <laughs> bragging about it's, it was very nice. It's all I true. Like, I did that. I yep. did that too. So yeah. I even just, cut it down. That's not your full bio of all the successful things you've done. Well, now we're just humble bragging. Kate. <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, you know, I'm here, I'm happy and okay. just happy to be working. How long have you been in Los Angeles? Oh gosh, uh, I got here in the stone ages and then, uh, no, I, I came here, ooh, Mm. handful of years ago. Yeah. Okay. I would say about 20, 25 okay. years I've been in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. Directly from Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. I'm originally from Oklahoma City, born and raised and mm -hmm. yeah, one of very few Jews <laughs> that lived there. And uh, I got out, which is crazy and, and exciting. So uh, it's just, it's been a party ever since. <laughs> okay. So you, did you come out to Los Angeles for comedy or how did you, why'd you come out here? Well, I came out to uh, Los Angeles uh, to perform, uh, to actually pursue a career in comedy and not necessarily stand up. I actually, my goal and dream was to be on Saturday Night Live. So as a young kid, I always uh, did impersonations, uh, you know, developed characters and that was really just my dream, kind of to do sketch comedy. So I came out to Los Angeles to go to the University of Southern California and uh, stayed out here because it was really, you know, my choices were slim. It was either here or New York City. And let's face it, New York City <laughs> is a big fucking rat race. And yeah, I just is. didn't feel like playing survival of the fittest. So sure. I went where it was sunnier. Okay, cool. So, so you came out to SC and then you got a BA in theater. Yes. And so now to, did you pursue, which, which, which by the way, gets you nowhere <laughs> <laughs> for all those kids it's, out there. Yeah. It's like a psychology degree. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, I had a BA in theater, but why I, while I was at USC, I started working at a production company and it it was one of the, the people that worked there told me about Groundlings and said, you know, you should really be taking improv. If you want to do something like SNL, these are where a lot of the SNL people came from. So sure. uh, I went uh, it, it early. Yeah, I was very young and I, I entered their classes. So I would go to school and then at night, um, twice a week, I would uh, take Groundling classes. And I was in classes with like Will Ferrell. He was a bank teller. Holy shit, really? At the time, yeah. I mean, That's how he was, was paying for it? Yeah. Lisa Cadreau was a teacher. It was it is it was massive at that time. Like you all were the people there. that came that went on to Saturday Night Live from there. It was nuts. But yeah, he was in my class and I knew right then, like when I saw him, my eyes on him, you know, there's just certain people that I've worked with in my time when you just set your eyes on them and you're like, Wow, that person's gonna be massive. And he was one of those people who just he could he didn't have an unfunny moment. Never, really? never an unfunny improv, never an unfunny sketch. The guy was gold. And so um, that was exciting. But I just, you know, I continued through that program for about three years. And um, I just, I didn't really have thick enough skin for it. You know, it's I was, hard. again, I was in college 
And they just, you know, I would sometimes I would just drive home crying because some of the teachers were so mean. Same girl. It was crazy, but um, I learned a lot from it. And while I was at USC, I joined an improv sketch group uh, that performed in front of uh, the library every Friday. And wait, which library? uh, Doheny Library. They were called Comedus Interruptus, and I think they're still there till. Today, this, you know, as of now, I hear they still perform. So that was kind of an honor. And then you just perform in front of big groups of students and people that would sit down. And so that's kind of where I got my like, you know, improv chops. And uh, I continued with that. And then when I graduated from USC, I kind of stopped taking Groundlings and I entered into uh, Acme Comedy Theater and started doing sketch comedy with them. And then I kind of just... I, I took a stand-up class when I also graduated USC and, you know, I showcased with, you know, at the end of the class, they put you up at a club somewhere and you do. And I considered myself a stand-up from then on and I didn't really do stand-up comedy. I'd maybe do it twice a year at an open mic or somebody's, you know, special little private show somewhere. <laughs> and I called myself a stand-up, which wasn't correct. I was really still involved in sketch comedy and that was my big dream. Now, can you explain for people who don't know how comedy works? Is is it because now you are constantly performing stand up? Is it considered offensive that you were calling yourself a comic during a time yeah. when you were okay? A stand up comic? Yeah, it's completely offensive. Like I'm a stand up, and no, I wasn't. I wasn't out there nightly. I wasn't. I wasn't doing it all the time. I had done it. And I could have said, I, I have done stand-up comedy, but to to literally say like, yeah, I'm a stand-up comic, I wasn't. And I wasn't really pursuing it until, you know, I realized that sketch comedy, we weren't getting a lot of audiences in our theater like they were in the Groundlings. And it just didn't seem to be the showcase at some point. And I wasn't making headway with that. So I decided, you know, I needed to showcase myself. And I really went into stand-up comedy and just kind of dove head first and started doing more rooms and people would put me on their shows to the point where I I literally had a moment where someone referred me to the comedy store to showcase in front of Mitzi Shore and I got my moment to, po- to perform for her and it wasn't three minutes, the usual showcase, it was 10 minutes in the La Jolla Club because she was looking for women oh, wow. uh, to put in the belly room upstairs and she was putting an all-female show together and that's really where you know things changed for me is that night that Mitzi Shore made me a regular. So I'm gonna was- jump I'm gonna jump in from what I understand with the comedy store. So Mitzi Shore, may she rest. She has pa- she passed away about a year and some change ago. Mm-hmm. And um did, she was no joke. I mean, she was like if she didn't like you, that was it. You you wouldn't even necessarily get to finish the ten minutes. Oh yeah. She and and it it it's crazy if Mitzi puts her hands on you and it's not like and you would know, like you're so nervous showcasing, and then they they'll tell you, well, she'll either talk to you after or she'll ignore you. So you walk by her and I walked by her and she reached out to me. And since I did like a Streisand impersonation, she goes, Barbara, you're funny. Call in Monday. And so that was, you know, I will never forget. It's like kind of like mobster, you know, it was like the God, the God, she was like the godmother. (laughs) So it's like you felt made at that moment. And from then on, she always called me Barbara. I mean, she knew I was Sean Pulaski, but she was always like Barbara. And uh, anytime I sent her a card or went to visit her, I always like signed it, you know, Babs or just kind of just, we always had that bond. But yeah, if she didn't like you or she got mad at you, there was one time where I always thought I kind of couldn't do any wrong in front of her. And one time I came into the comedy store with my friend, Cynthia Levin, who's another, she's a hilarious comic. And we had gone to eat at Carney's down the street and we got I don't know what kind of bug got up our ass, but we're like, let's get one of those weird chocolate-covered bananas, frozen bananas, and we did it. And the, the banana was, this frozen banana was huge, and it was curved, and we're just freaks. <laughs> and so she was chasing me with it at the comedy store. And we she chased me into this back room where Mitzi was back there getting like her feet rubbed. And we stopped in front of her, because we didn't expect Mitzi to be there like on a Wednesday night. And we were like, oh, hey, Mitzi. And then I got like banned for a week. Get and out. the booker called me, and he's like, Mitzi was very disappointed in your behavior. And I'm like, what? I mean, because my friend's chasing me with a chocolate frozen banana that looks like a penis. Like, (laughs) that's what it took to get banned. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, it was always very, uh, it, it was, it was strange when that happened, but you know, I was, I was fortunate enough on her 80th birthday, I was maybe one out of 25 comics oh. invited to her house to celebrate with her. And, you know, I'm sitting there, sta- I'm standing next to Jim Carrey, which is like, shouldn't be, we should never be standing <laughs> next to each other, you know, and he's so tall and me next to him, we look like a, a nice skating pair. <laughs> and it was just, it was, it was so cool to, uh, to, to really celebrate that moment with her. Yeah. And, and what Sean is, is not saying, cause she's being very humble is that like to have been touched or handpicked by Mitzi. I mean, she saw thousands and thousands and thousands of comics that just mm-hmm. wanted her to put eyes on them. Yeah. And you know, she didn't pick everyone. And that is part of why the success of the comedy store has existed because she didn't say yes to everyone. And you know, to be a female that she paid attention to was not just because you were a woman that yeah. was, you just happened to be a woman Mm -hmm. but that you were that funny because she didn't fuck around from what i heard like if she didn't i mean that's why the best comics in the world perform there yeah okay so you're at the comedy store are you then what is your are you still pursuing like sketch comedy and acting like are you still uh always was always pursuing acting you know when i came out here to la that was really the big dream is just acting sketch comedy uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm always still, you know, that never, I never dropped that ball of always trying to get on TV or do film. And again, that really is the goal. Sure. You know, why I got into stand up. Sure. I mean, stand up has become a love of mine that I don't think I'll ever quit doing. There's something about the live audiences and working off my feet and entertaining people. But, uh, you know, the common end goal, goal is you hope that you can get cast in something or create your own show and sell it or wherever, you know, I, I'm, I'm never going to turn down a job. I mean, if it's, it's, if it's a douching commercial, here I am, (laughs) it doesn't matter if it's the one liner where I walk in and go coffee, I'm going to do it. Like, why not to just keep continuously working? That's, that's the dream. So that fire has only gotten bigger in you. Uh, yeah, it, it, it doesn't stop. I wish it would. Oh, I really, some, there's times where I just want to say like, why am I doing all this? I want to lay down and die and be like, <laughs> let me just join Peace Corps. But let's face it, it takes me two and a half hours to get ready. And I don't think they have a Sephora in Zimbabwe. And I can't, you know, as much as I want to go help the people and the starving children, <laughs> I just, how am I going to get ready? Like, where am I going to plug in my curling iron? And I worry about these things. And so I have no choice but to just kind of ride it out. Just keep going. Oh, I love that so much. Well, with that transition, that is actually perfect. It's, it's as if we scripted that. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed your apps. On to the entrees after a quick break. We are back and now it is time to move on to the entrees. Okay, now this is the question portion where we get into all the fun customer service jobs that you had along the way. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what was your first job ever, ever, ever? First job, camp counselor. Okay. Camp counselor at uh, Camp Sabra, Jew camp. And I do, I will call it Jew camp because I can. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so every year I would go, you know, my parents, like Jewish people love, parents, they love to send their kids away for the summer (laughs) for like a month or two. I don't know why. They're like, Shlomo, you're out. And I mean, I lived in Oklahoma City, which wasn't the biggest Jewish population. And then I got sent to a camp in Rocky Mount, Missouri, where there are less Jews. It's like like deliverance is waiting there for you. But there was this Jewish camp hidden in the middle of Rocky Mount, Missouri mountains and uh, Camp Sabra, and I loved it. And I started going there since I was like nine years old. And then at about like 15, you become a counselor in training, and then I became a counselor. Okay. And uh, you know, that's where I grew up. That's where I learned everything. I learned how to give a hand job. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm still working on that. And it's, it, you know, I I love that job. Didn't pay much, but you got to go away and be away from your parents and have fun. Okay. And what was your first, like, cause I, I mean, that's like somewhat customer service, but what was your first where you were like beholden to the customer kind of job? That would be, uh, working at express and West side pavilion, uh, express limited. Can Uh, can you explain West side pavilion to non LA people? Yes. West side pavilion is a mall, uh, located in Los Angeles, which is now owned by Westfield, I believe. And Mm -hmm. now I think it's becoming Google. 
Oh, get it's, out. It's a Google. Like the malls shut down. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just this place to go. And they, of course, had an express. And I loved their clothes and thought, oh, my God, who doesn't want to work uh, selling, you know, express <laughs> clothes? And the time that I worked there was the time express only played loud French music. <laughs> So you would, and it was, and, and not just loud, but like at a hundred decibels, because I guess that made people buy clothes or make Get them the want to commit out. suicide. And I literally, it would be like, you'd walk in, it was like, you know, and you're like, would you like this blouse? Do you want me to open you a dressing room? And it was so stressful. And, you know, you just, it, I didn't get commission or anything. And my two best friends from college also worked at Express. One worked in Davis, okay. California, and the other one worked at the Express in Las Vegas. So all th three of us, we kind of found it glamorous that all three of us were working at an Express the same summer. <laughs> and you got a discount on your clothes. Well, so, you know, I just, I enjoyed it. Okay, so that's something. Um, how many customer service jobs have you had total? Like, what would you say is your, take your, take your time? Uh, well, after... I think working in a, uh, a clothing store, that's when I left college, uh, I started, I really dove into waitressing. Mm. So that, I did that for at least 10 years. Okay. And uh, I worked at uh, several different places, but... But it, you transitioned out of retail. And yeah, retail into waitressing okay. because that's where they said the money was at. You can make fast money and... That's that's what I did. And you know, what actor doesn't wait tables? Hello. And you, you come out to California, that's that's really a dream. So as soon as I graduated college, my first job, I remember I went I lived in Pasadena and I got a job at the Olive Garden. Oh God. And yeah, that was in a mall. And the mall right now, that mall became an outdoor mall. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, we we had to carry the big trays. <sighs> And um, at that time, I still remember when we got the salads out, we didn't have gloves. Oh, get out. No, no, no. I got salad out with my hands. I think about all the shit we, like, how much, like, scurvy I could have spread and <laughs> Ebola. But yeah, you get the salad out with your hands. There was, it wasn't really sanitary. Were they still doing unlimited breadsticks? Or did they have yeah. they started? Oh, yeah. Oh, then let God. it, like, people got unlimited soup, salad, and breadsticks for, like, $2. Oh, my God. And, uh, you know, I still know, like, the from the pasta we make to lasagna we bake. <laughs> ma, 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 we're wishing you a happy birthday. Like, I, I still hear that song in my head. And you just kind of, yeah, but those big trays that you had to carry around with, like, heavy plates of pasta, and it was all unlimited, and I worked there for a, a short period of time. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I got I got tired of working. I maybe worked there maybe a year, uh, if that. And um, But I met a lot of good friends there, and some of my best friends came from that Olive Garden. And then I moved on to working at Islands in Glendale Galleria. Oh, God. Or it's across, it was across from the Glendale Galleria. And I, that island is still there. I yeah. saw it. Yeah, I hadn't been over in that area in a long time. And then I drove by and I'm like, that's where I dedicated like maybe three years of my life to that Glendale oh. uh, Islands. And, and that place was a little more casual, fun. But then they introduced us to like the Polenko, I think, system <laughs> where it's like where you had to memorize numbers no. for no. food items. No. So it was like, and so for every word like, 80, like without or no or at the word add everything is a number so it'd be like 33 41 to like to, so you that's how you spelled out your order oh, that's if you forgotten it was frightening oh it my was, god it was frightening how many mis i mean you must have made a mistake every shift oh there's no yeah. way and they would give you a lot of tables and it was pretty casual there. And on a Friday night, like the saddest thing is, especially in Glendale, like the, like 15 Armenian kids would come in, they'd sit in the big booth and they would order unlimited basket of fries for $1.50 and glasses of water. And they would sit there for four hours oh. and there's nothing you could do about it. Don't ever do that. If you're listening and you're a customer, like we understand not everybody has enough money to go out. It's, it, it's fine if you're young. We've all been young, but don't post for four Four hours yeah. on an unlimited bill that's so unfair yeah and would they tip uh no yeah of course not no and then the cool thing though uh the good day that i remember what islands would do once in a while they would surprise they would have a free lunch day 
And then people would come in and you'd be like, sorry, you don't get a check today because it's free lunch day. And people were never happier. And you could make a lot of money on that really? day. And they would tip. Yeah. Okay. But that's like, because people all got a free lunch. It could be four people sitting there. And I can't imagine how much money they lost that day oh when they would gosh. do something like that. But <laughs> people were just like out of their fucking minds. Like you dropped a bar of gold and, you know, I don't they won know. The lottery. <laughs> yeah. Gave them a spa day and people got so excited about it. But that's, that's what I remember about islands. You know, it was like, there were cool people that worked there, but I was really involved with, you know, still trying to train and, and do my work. So I didn't really spend all the time, you know, sometimes wait staffs get really close and yeah. I never really bonded fully with that wait staff because I was kind of just really driven and getting out. Sure. And um, from then on, I <laughs> I moved on to uh, Louise's Trattoria opened in Pasadena and we opened that store. Okay. So I was with the opening team for that. We opened out on Colorado Street. It was a very busy location. And we had all this massive training. And then we had a sommelier, which you know would come in and teach us about wine. And um, a couple of my good friends from Olive Garden that I worked with came over there. And we just, you know, I spent a couple years working with them and um now do you remember the actual opening process of the restaurant being terrible because i've opened one restaurant knife it was a nightmare and i quit shortly thereafter did you obviously it wasn't awful for you it was pretty crazy but i don't remember it being a total nightmare okay yeah you, you know we i think we had it together there and <laughs> Um, the, the nightmare was they had a downstairs so you had to run up and down the stairs uh. for pri like private parties and nobody wanted nope. nobody wanted that to to run downstairs and then also another nightmare working at louise's and i, I was really close with that waitressing family because sure. uh, i had known some people previously and um you know we had some pretty like lax daisy bosses that were fun and and <laughs> you know they, they were kind of pushovers but i i remember specifically the rose bowl parade when you got tapped to work that Rose Bowl parade, and it wasn't like they had sit-down dining, but they sold pizza kind of outside, God. and you had to work all night no. because people line up to sit sit on Colorado to wait for the, the Rose in the Bowl. Morning? Yeah. Oh my. So you're God. like working all night, and oh. that was a that was a tough one. Like I didn't I I did that only one year, and then I never. I never did did it that year again. Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, that sounds that's. Sounds and then awful. yeah, and then after that, I uh, probably the best place, the craziest place I worked, and that's where I have a ton of stories. Is I I moved on, and uh, after Louise's Trattoria, I switched over to working at uh, Neiman Marcus in Beverly Hills Sean. in their fine dining restaurant. We opened up the Mariposa oh my God. downstairs. And what people were used to was before this restaurant opened upstairs. Um, and I think they had this at every Neiman's. They had the Zodiac room where everyone was 150 years old and they got the same orange souffle salad with tuna fit, whatever it was. And it was old and it was just kind of classic and old. And then they had the, the club room connected where the really elite rich people who didn't want to sit with the old people or whatever. And so the club room was very specialized. Well, they shut down that club room. They shut down uh, the Zodiac and they open up this Mariposa, which has Alexander Calder tapestries in it. And it's very modern looking. And they open this up downstairs and they train us. And they're going to have their famous popover still, their consomme that they drop right at the beginning. And which every Nima Marcus restaurant has. And that is their tradition. Opening that restaurant was a fucking nightmare. Oh God. Because none of the, none of these people want to change. And all you had to hear about all day long is like, this place is terrible. <laughs> I remember upstairs was wonderful. This is horrible. Oh, I miss the Zodiac. Why don't they bring back the Zodiac? Why did they get rid of the club room? You had to hear about it. And then the, and then, then the worst, those popovers, those are like crack to people. And if you 
don't bring out that popover and something goes wrong with the popover oven, there is hell to pay. People drew blood. I remember <laughs> when we opened, the popover oven went down. We ran out of popovers. People berate you. You think you raped their whole family in front of them <laughs> the way they talk to you. It was fucking nuts. Wait, what's a popover? I don't think I know. Popover that. is like a brioche. Oh. It's a bread brioche. For, you know, it's um, like an, I think it's like an English based. Okay type of bread that so they pop would, and it's like doughy and like light and it's like airy in the middle and you serve it with the butter and then you have to before that they get this like little teacup of chicken broth consomme with a cheese stick God, <clears throat> and it's like it's it's their tradition and if you skip a step these people will remind you <laughs> living in they, their like ass. i said they'll draw your blood and when that <laughs> that machine went down it was like the end all be all. And so it was so crazy. And some people that I had worked with at Louise's, I brought them over. Oh God. And the, the family that we developed, I worked there five years and the family that I developed there, and you could make, I mean, your lunch shift, it was easy, you know, it would open at 11, it closed by five or four. So it's like a five or six hour shift. Nothing and you crazy. could make, because the menu was expensive. Really? And you could make good money. And during the holidays, forget it. The hustle's real. And when people hand you a gift, people be like, Sean, they would just slip a hundred into your Hell yeah. You know, and then but when they were cheap, and they were cheap, and I can name names and people <laughs> and the people that I got to wait on and the opportunities that I had. It was, it was, it was Insane. nuts. Now, so, the, okay, so the popovers would come, like, complimentary with, yes. the t- with the experience. Yes. And then, so, like, if you, I mean, even though that was free, and I want people to hear this, even though that was free, if they were unavailable because the oven was down, people handed you your ass over that. Completely. That's, I mean. Completely. I, I don't, I don't understand. It's that. crazy. I'd be I, like, you know, this is just bread. It's just- <laughs> and you know, there's a war right now in <laughs> Afghanistan. I mean, I mouthed, I mean, there were moments I tried to hold, hold, I mean, for all the complaint letters that were written to me to, I will die. to the Dallas headquarters. I will die. There were twice as many complimentary letters. Like Aww. I kind of would, I balance it out. But when I like <laughs> lost my shit, I mean, I held it, but I would try to do it with humor. Like, are you Ooh. like, there, we all, we had to wear all black. So we had a black button up shirt, black long apron, black pants. And I had this, we went through many managers, but we had this one manager who worked there for years. Like, God bless Jim. <laughs> and Jim, you know, he talked like this, really affected y'all, y'all. <laughs> and Jim overheard me once. I, I came to a table. I rattled off like 18 specials. And the couple at the table, they go, oh, are you our waitress? And I said, well, I'm not Zorro. <laughs> And my manager happened to be at the back of the room and overheard me. And he's like, Shauna, can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, you can't tell your co- our customers you're not Zorro. That is not the proper. And I was like, well, I just thought it was a stupid question. I'm dying. And so, so how did they, did they respond like snarkily to you, even though he pulled you away from the table? Were they like, oh, fuck no, you for they saying- just, they blew that up. But I mean, God bless Jim. Jim would come in hammered at all times. And, and during the holidays, we would have this thing called breakfast with Santa. Die, now, breakfast oh no. with Santa would start before our, it was in the morning, every Saturday in December. Oh. And these rich people would make reservations. They would pay $50 per person. Let me tell you what their kid got on their plate. Half a pancake, <laughs> um, one piece of bacon, an egg, and then they get a candy cane, and then Santa would come in, and a hot chocolate. And I think they got a glass of champagne with their meal. Oh it was such a fucking ripoff. But these rich people would dress their kids up, they come in, Santa would come in for half a second. <laughs> And this would be from like 9 to 10.30 before we opened. And it would be packed. It'd be chaos. Uh. And our manager would come in drunk and he'd be like, you know, he'd take roll call. And then we'd all be laughing because we're like, he's so drunk. And then we'd be, he'd be like, Shauna, Sean, are you here? And we're like, Jim Beam, are you here? Glenn Fittage. We're like, Jose Cuervo. But like, why do you have alcohol on your breath? You're running a whole... An experience, like an restaurant. Event. Yeah. Why? 
And I love Jim, but Jim loved them young. Gay guy loved them young. He loved the dishwashers. I don't think anyone was of age. And then he would disappear and go to Puerto Vallarta. And then he would show me pictures. Uh, and I'd be like, I'm pretty sure you're going to be behind bars soon. Like, you know, it got uncomfortable. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Okay, so you, that job you had for five years. Yes. And did you do the Santa Claus experience every every year? So yes. for five years. Yes. Oh, my God. Because you could really make good money with that, too. The holidays, like I said, the holidays, it gets so busy. And people did not give a shit. People didn't care. When you got people that were, and you knew who the really, the good tippers were, and you knew who the people were so rich, and they were shit-ass tippers. Oh, the it's so true. The biggest um, oh my God, uh, why can, uh, oh my God, I cannot think of his name, and he was the comedian who was known to have, like, the biggest dick of all time. He was an old guy, and now I can't think oh, of. I can't, I'm, I'm out. Oh my God, I can't believe who I, I'm thinking. Anyways, we called his wife, he was much younger. We called him. He died, and we called um, his wife Mrs. Horsecock behind her back. <laughs> so she would come in. Milton Burl, Milton Burl's wife. Yeah. So she'd come in. I didn't know you she'd had a huge sit day. down in the very VIP booth, and you'd sit down. She was cheap as fuck, and you'd come in and you'd sit down, and she'd sit down and you'd wait on her, and she would go, uh, "Listen, darling, <laughs> could you um, run up to the third floor and get me some? Because they had a little cafe up there. Yeah. Could you get me some low fat yogurt? And I'm like, I'm 15 tables deep. Yeah, I no. have like the the prince of you know a sedan, <laughs> and I have Nancy Reagan. I mean, I <laughs> let me just tell you, all these people I have, I have 15 tables. It's the holidays, and this 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 bitch wants me to run up, and she's and not get, tipping. No. <laughs> And, and I would literally, she's like, could you run up? And I go, no. Good job, you. No, I can't. No, I cannot. The answer is no. 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 And it, maybe if you if you slip me $5, even then I still it can't. Was, no. No. Because you're 15 deep. You're in no. the weeds. Ugh. Mrs. Horsecock was a terrible, <laughs> terrible tipper. I did not know Milton Burl had a huge Yeah, tip. he had a giant penis. <laughs> okay. Which is weird, but yes. <laughs> That's okay. Um, which of like, so minus like anything creative, what was your favorite job that you've had in the like customer service realm? God, my favorite job in customer service. I know. Ooh. She's making a pretty terrible face right now. Uh, I know. Well, I don't know if any of them were my favorite. Okay. I'm not sure I really enjoyed because, you know, you're never really doing what, what you, you want to be doing. What you want to do. I mean, yeah. I think the most memorable for me was, was Neiman Marcus because I, I still talk to some of those people. I still go in there. I mean, I lived in Beverly Hills for a long time and I can still go in there and some of the same bussers oh. and, and chefs and waiters. And, uh, it, you know, we were like a family and I could write a whole book about that place. So the memories and the laughs that I have from some of the people, I still see them when I'm like shopping. Uh. I still see some of those customers and I'm like, you, <laughs> you know, but when the cuss, like I said, the customers were good. Sure. And some people were just lonely and they'd come in and sit there and, and I got opportunities. I mean, let me tell you, there was one time I was the only one on, it was about four o'clock. I turned around, there's no one in the restaurant and George Michael walked in with somebody and he sat down and it was right after the whole like he got caught jacking off in the uh uh or he had not jacking off park, but he had right? got he yeah was... giving somebody blowjob in the in the park or whatever yeah. and um i've never seen a line form like there were all these like like young asian girls forming a line out because they'd outside the restaurant because they'd heard he was in the store oh my god and uh you know to have that moment to meet someone iconic like that was really exciting yeah Okay. You know, there were people that came in that just, you were like, wow, I, I got this moment. So for the moments, you would say Neiman Marcus was your yeah, favorite. Yeah, and the to... staff and the funny and the shit. Listen, I'm not proud of some of the stuff I did <laughs> that I did there. And I did some really dark, terrible shit there. Are you I, willing I, to tell me? Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd say right now. And, 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 and I'm sure the popo is going to come like kicking down my tour. <laughs> I, I'm usually an honest person. I'm afraid to break the law. But when I really, really look back at it, I did break the law. I like literally stole stuff. Like, And when I say stole stuff, it's like my friends would come in. And I'd be like, come, and I would talk to the chefs, and they'd make them special appetizers, and then the pastry chef would give me desserts, and then I would like, you know, I'd get them extra tarot chips, and then I would just go to the bar, and my, like, Vicki Barbalak, my best friend, she would sit there, and I would pour the most expensive champagne, two bottles <laughs> to her, you know, my family would come in, and I'm just like, just taking for myself, sure. for my my friends. And they, my friends and family would eat like kings. 
all day, every day. And that's like steal. It was stealing. I mean, technically. Yeah. 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 And then here's something I'm not totally proud of, (laughs) but there was a family that would come in a very, 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 very rich family. They were loaded and they would come in and they had this kind of troubled son and he was real troubled. He was always, he's always on TMZ, whatever. And he would come in and something was a little bit special about him. He was a little slow to talk or, but he he was on drugs and things. And he would come in with new friends, Mm. quote friends every time. Yeah. And people, a lot of these rich people would just leave there. And that was another element about working at Neiman's. People were so, um, you know, they were so used to customer service and so they never really wanted to lift a finger. So they would come without their Neiman Marcus credit card. And so in the middle of a lunch rush, they would be like, oh, honey, I didn't bring my card with me. Could you just look it up for me and charge it? So then you have to, as you're waiting tables, you have to get on hold with customer service no. at Neiman's and wait for them to look up their credit card oh, number. Oh, Sean, no. Yeah. So it would throw you into the weeds <gasps> so bad. Oh, my God. And you're like just in a panic. I still have nightmares about like that happening. Happening. But then they, we had a black book where we would start to put people's numbers and credit cards in. Smart. So you had it logged. So this family was one of those people that had it logged. And so when they this kid would come in and kind of run you, and you're like, well, you know what? We would all do this. We'd be like, oh, well... Lunch is on them, and we would order the lobster cob and food for the whole staff, and we would just charge it to them. I mean... It's crazy. Like, like I, I should not condone that, but I get I it. I should be hauled off by the popo. <laughs> but shit but I like get that. It. I mean, especially when someone's like... Like, people don't understand how intense the weeds really are. Yeah. You give a shit about, like... Because, listen, you can check out of a customer service job, not one that tips are paying your rent. Like, you can't ever check especially out. Especially when they have the money. Yes. Another nutty thing is... I will never forget this. Again, a moment I'm not proud of, but I'm going to say it. When you're worried about people spitting in your food or this and that, and you're a dick, they're right about it. I had this one instance where this doctor, this old doctor, he's come in with his wife, and he was just kind of a curmudgeon. And I was, again, my friend had just gotten off the shift. He he just got off his shift, and it was just, they had cut it down to just me because it was, you know, towards the end of the afternoon. He came in, and... Somehow I started to get sad a lot. And I I was taking their order, this doctor and his wife's order, and I was kind of like looking around because I was just kind of taking, you know, a visual of the room. You're kind of sizing up like, okay, okay, I see this, I see that, because you're trying to be present. And he goes, look at me when I'm talking to you. Ew. And that was the end for me. I'd had it. I went back. I turned to my friend Mark. I said, I will not wait on them. I took their pop over. I kicked it down the kitchen floor. <laughs> dirty. I kicked it like a fucking soccer ball. I took that pop over. I, I, my friend brought it out and served him. And then my friend, here's, this is it. And I dare, I'm probably, Popo, are you coming? Um, the health police are coming oh they're coming (laughs) but uh, again i will say it right here please don't judge me america on this i would never do this today but i was much much younger then i turned to my friend and he said give me their iced tea and i gave the iced tea and next thing i know he like he unbuckled he goes get out of here he was unbuckling his pants i'm not kidding i think they got dick tea they got dick tea They got dick tea, and I know, no, people would not know me for this. People see me as a not, and I try and be a pleasant person, but I think at moments I got just, I couldn't take it anymore, and I got super vengeful at people that just are shitty and mean. Hello. Oh, it's so, a, but you did it for all of us. Yeah, so dick tea, guys, don't <laughs> just be nice to your servers. Never say, uh, look at me when I'm talking to you. Yeah, we're not, we're not indentured. Yeah, like you know, yeah, we're humans. Yeah, we're humans, and you can be kind to us. Okay, um, so what was your least favorite of all of the customer service jobs? If you were like, I mean, I know they probably all tie at the bottom. I'd probably say the same place. Really? Yeah. Okay. Neiman's, the least and and my most, most memorable actually i you know what i take that back my least favorite place i can't even remember the name i blacked out during <laughs> i worked there for maybe three weeks and i walked out in the middle my friend mark Turisi, who was a manager at the comedy store was also running a restaurant in westwood oh. and he's like we need 
we need waitresses. And I went in, they were so disorganized. I think I left in the middle of my shift. I hated that place. It was terrible. And they sat you a thousand times and it was just this little lunch rush. People, you didn't make money. You tipped out a billion dollars. And I just was like, I, yeah, I walked out on that shift. I hated that place. Okay. I get that. That those are all reasons. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. I blocked it out. (laughs) What's the weirdest thing you've ever been asked whilst on the clock at a customer service job, like by a customer to Hmm. do or get or say, I mean, maybe look me in the eyes while you're talking to me is up there, but like, Gosh, I mean, I think the the strangest step was at, at always being asked to run up to a the different cafe upstairs. I think that's always the strangest request was like go run another errand. This entitlement of what we, I mean, we have a lot of things in this restaurant. Now I need to go get you the soup from upstairs. You're a fuckwad. I'm not yeah, running. And why wouldn't they just go upstairs and order food from up there if they and, wanted food from up there? Yeah, and another strange thing, one of the weirdest things was we had this guy and he would come in and he was this kind of, again, this older Jewish guy and what he would do, and I think he owned... Uh, dance reviews, topless dance reviews in Vegas. Mm. So what he would do is he would take these young girls, he would get them plastic surgery in Beverly Hills, he'd get them new noses oh my God. and tits. And he'd come in, I guess he'd just pick them up from their surgery. Oh my God. And he would have lunch. And when you saw his tape, you saw him sit down, we would fight. We, you pray he got in your section. Oh. Because, and it was very odd, you'd go up to this guy He'd order a salad. He'd order for the girl, whatever. And maybe it comes out to $70, 60 or I, I don't know. Yeah. Or he would order a lot. And then he'd maybe $100. And then at the end, he would go, okay, what is, what is my bill? All right, now tell me, what's half of that right now? Like he'd want you to do the math. Okay, so if it was- And then he would triple- he would triple that and that would be your tip. But he yeah. wanted you to do math in front of him, which was fucking also really crazy. Like, so when you'd see him come in, you'd go back and you'd cheat. You'd be like, <laughs> but like he'd hand you a wad of money and oh you're like, God. perfect day. Yeah. But bizarre. What's well, a bit of all the weird things like as women, we would, we've all been asked on the mm-hmm. clock to do. Like, I'll do math for you. I'll do math. But everybody, he'd ask whether it was a man or a woman. Didn't matter. He you, wanted the math You did math. But people would come in and like celebrities and it was... It was, you know, crazy to see how well off some of these people were if they didn't tip or they did. <sighs> I mean, I remember like Babyface being cheap, like your really? Babyface, Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, They're both David cute. Allen Pierce. Mm, no, but you get like some greats would come in there and they were just, Heather Locklear was always like really wonderful. You get Jodie Foster. She was always really quiet. Um, uh, Stevie Nicks. Would she tip? I never, she was, she's my favorite singer. Somehow I was Aww. always on break or off when she come in. They're like, you just missed Stevie Nicks. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, Chris Cornell came in. Good tipper. Once. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, he came in with his model wife and I was like, oh my God, it's Chris Cornell. But all types, uh, the meanest, uh, 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 Steve, um, my God, why am I the talk show host? Oh, uh, uh, Harvey. Steve Harvey, the meanest person alive. I've heard that from so meanest, many people. He'd come in with wife number three, four. Seven. She was the loveliest woman oh. you would ever meet. She was stunning. She was kind. She had about a 48 carat ring on her hand. <laughs> he had like, he was, he was always snarling. Ew. Snarling. I can't. I couldn't tell him I was a comedian. I didn't talk to him. He wasn't pleasant. He looked, he was mean, not nice. Uh, Roseanne would come in. I didn't tell her what I did. She was kind of funny because she'd be like, what should I order? And I'd be like, yeah, she sounds like Mitzi. <laughs> and I'd say the the, the lobster cob salad. And she goes, why? And I go, because it's the most expensive thing on the menu. Would you say that? Sure. Good. She's like, okay, good good point. I go, and it's good. So she would. But it's it's amazing how some people were were not nice and yeah. you just got to see how people but he he was so not nice to his wife would he I, would he not tip steve harvey would he not tip? i don't remember i think she took care of that and she probably tipped yeah and a candy spelling cheap really cheap 
That doesn't surprise me, actually. Cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> okay. Um, what's the incident, like another incident with you that like, okay, well, Zorro, they didn't ask to speak to the manager, but what's like a time when a customer like directly didn't write a letter to corporate, but in the in the moment was like, I need to speak to your manager? Oh, I don't know. There were so many of them <laughs> that I, I, I don't Could think I can. <laughs> I can pinpoint that. Okay. <laughs> Um, I always tried to solve the problem. I really always did try. Okay. You know, I don't think there was where I was outright, like, except that one time where that guy said, I just, if they weren't nice, yeah. I would hand them to somebody else. Cause I'm like, I'm, a, I'm at a breaking point. Yeah. I'm about to lose it. <laughs> uh, but I don't re- really remember any other time that st- stood out. And I'm sure there were plenty of people that wanted to say something, but for, again, for all that, you had the regulars that come in and say, if I'm not in Sean's section, I'm not eating here. Wow. You know, and, and different waiters had that. Sure. Okay. Um, so do you remember, you've told us a couple of these, but like a last straw that got you out of like, well, or what was the last straw that got you out of customer service altogether? Because you're one of the lucky few that got to get out. So what was the like, were you, I mean, obviously you had career success in your artistic pursuits, but was there something where you were like, I don't give a fuck. I'm done working in customer service altogether. Or did you end on like a pleasant, you were like, all right, it's time for me to be done. I knew it was time for me to be done. I don't even remember how I transitioned because I, I then went on from waiting tables to working at a PR firm at the front desk. I was the front desk girl. And sometimes I got, you know, I I didn't always handle people that well either, especially (laughs) when they're rude to your, you're like, Man, I'm I'm a nice person. I'm yeah. gonna greet you. I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna help you with your appointment. And uh, I I just think at some point, hmm, I I don't know why I switched over. I think I just had I'd done it for so, so long. long, and someone maybe had told me about an opportunity, and it it, I, it it seemed like maybe I could it be a little more flexible with what I was doing. I started to do stand up more and. I went with that job. I don't I don't really remember the transition. Well, and I've heard, I mean, like you've kind of touched on it that it's like there is a certain point where you're you have reached your max and you've been at a 10 with not just customer service, but like specifically waiting tables. There mm-hmm. is a moment mm-hmm. that I know that everyone has where they're just like, oh, and some people can, you can be a lifer. You can some people retire from that job and like, God love you. But for a lot of us, there's a moment where you're like, no. I, I can't, if I wait on another table, I'm gonna put my hands on someone and I can't do it. Yeah. I, I think I was already like that five years before <laughs> I had left. I really, I, I had already kind of checked out and I think just what kept me going is that I was doing comedy and just trying to pursue what you wanted. Yeah. I think that's what kind of kept my sanity. Okay. Um, have you ever had any body bodily fluids on you, someone else's whilst you were on the clock anywhere? Did anyone like puke or pee or do anything like gross on you no okay well, no lucky. no god in neiman's i couldn't imagine that going down <laughs> no i never saw anybody puke or yeah you know because i i worked in High decent yeah. yeah restaurants i didn't work in like clubs or sure. okay everyone kind of kept it together it was not really anyone i i don't even think i ever had to cut anybody off or sure it just wasn't, you know, especially like during a lunch shift, if God you're drinking bless. a lot of lunch, except my own friends, I think that I, <laughs> when I was just stealing, just find $500 worth of champagne, yeah, maybe that. Okay. Um, do you tip? Do I tip? Yeah. Oh, uh, I tip like, uh, I, I tip 430. Like 30, yeah, yeah. 30% at least. That is your minimum? Always. Have you ever stiffed a, a, a no. server? And even when they were just so so late and right terrible to me never really never 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 so do you do 30 percent across the board no matter what no i would probably give less if someone didn't treat me as nice but not maybe 20 but i i always oh god because you get it oh i get it and if something's been comped for me it's i know to like double tipping i'm very particular if i'm sitting with somebody and i watch them not tip well that is Oh, it's a deal That's breaker. a huge pet pet peeve. People who are cheap with tipping. Yeah. I tip to go. Oh, you do. Uh, I tip I I always tip. I tip with Uber and and Lyft, even when tips weren't included, you know, that you couldn't even find a button to add. I always I always make sure. I I I really try to be very when I'm taking a like if I park at a parking structure near the airport and you get on one of those buses and they take you to the airport I always even though I have my own bag yeah I'll tip the guy I just I'm very karmically uh, aware. aware about that yeah because a service is a service yeah sure 
A lot of people don't think they should tip when you do to go, but people put your stuff together. They take your order. And just maybe because they're not running back and forth doesn't mean that they aren't doing a service. Sure, I agree. Okay, and sometimes people are assigned to the tip-out counter, and that will be all they're working all night. So, like, they may not get another tip other than a random person yeah. like you for the whole night. So that yes. shift is considered a throwaway. Yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, have you ever been stiffed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ton. Okay. Can you Do you remember an incident where it happened, or you were just like, oh, this is just... Because people always think it's in relation to the type of service you get. No, some people just don't tip, regardless of the experience that they have. A lot have. of Europeans... Sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I remember if I ever chased people out, um, you know, so a lot of people, sometimes people will take the wrong receipt. That's what I, I saw yeah. a lot of that at Neiman's people just being old and taking the wrong receipt yeah. and it, like they left you with nothing and it was a big bill and you're like, shit, but, um, stiffed Olive Garden islands cause they were cheaper places. Sure. Uh, Neiman's, if you got stiffed. That was hard because you had a big bill. And then would you tip out on tips at Neiman's or would you tip out on sales? Yeah. You tip, tip out on everything. We tipped out, I tipped out a lot and I would tip my busser. Yeah. I mean, sometimes on a lunch shift, I'd be handing like $70, Yeah, $75 to a busser. That's hard. And you know, your food runner, your bartender, Mm -hmm. The hostess. I got audited two years in a row. What? That was before like computers lodged in your... Uh, your tips and everything yeah and it was unfair because i was tipping a pro- and i didn't have a log oh did you i get- didn't have a physical log of a book and i had to pay are you kidding they me? came after me it was you know when i was struggling and it was like that's shitty that's so fucking and it shitty. happened two years in a row and i was like I, you know you think i was sitting on secret money but i was barely getting by oh that sucks they'll get you they will um were, were you ever fired from a customer service job I was fired. I was working at a daycare once and I got fired. (laughs) I don't remember why they fired me. And it was kind of an illegal daycare where they gave you like 22 year olds to one person. Yeah, it was like, it was in Oklahoma. It was not right. And they fired me. Ugh, I wouldn't. Yeah. They did you a favor. Yeah. I don't Um, even remember why. I think they said I talked to a kid, something. I don't know. But that place, that place got closed down pretty fast. They were not. They weren't operating. No, no, no. (laughs) What's the, can you remember the worst customer you ever to deal with besides Steve Harvey? Was there someone that you were like, this person was the worst? Oh God. Or was he the number one? I mean, he wasn't the worst. He's just a dick. (laughs) Um, I think the worst was that the way that, that, what that guy said to me, me that was the worst. Yeah. I just didn't like to be demeaned like that. Uh, I mean, I ha- we had a lot of worse. We'd had like Mrs. Trainer, she'd come in, she'd sit in your table for f- the whole fucking Neiman's lunch and she'd leave barely anything. <sighs> and Dolly, could you run and get me? And it's like, no trainer. <laughs> you know, we're just <laughs> terrible. But some of the customers I got so connected to sure. and stayed in touch. And there was one customer, Calvin, and he would come in with his wife and his daughter and they were older. Calvin was in his 90s. And um, he was just a sweet man. He was also a Leo like myself. And he wore this cute little Orville Redenbacher uh, bow tie. Aww. And he couldn't really speak. I think something had happened. And um, and he'd always just mouth like, I love you. And Aww. something, something. I knew Calvin in a former life. And I got to tell you, there was one day I was waiting tables. And I just sat up and I go, oh, my God, Calvin died. And they go, what? And I'm like, Calvin died. And they're like, why would you say that? And I'm like, I just know he did. And I was right. Get out. And when his wife and, and when his wife and daughter came in. Aww. Oh, it was so sad. I know. But there's just people that I still think about. I mm. wonder how they are. And maybe I've lost touch, but and I still keep, you know, in touch with a lot of people I waited tables with. Hmm. It is a it's like a weird connection. And ran into my old boss Jim in the middle of Puerto Vallarta <laughs> who's still in alive. an alleyway. I mean he was like <laughs> Sean Sean and he called me he called me Shauna. He was like Shauna because I did have this customer that would come in. I don't know if she was an older woman. She'd come in with her hairy son and she was like Shauna, Shauna, are you married yet, Shauna? Shauna, are you married yet? And then she brought in her Wookiee of a someone. She was like Shauna <laughs> I want you to meet, you know, Farnushta. And I'm like, Farnushta. And he was like, you know, like a Wookiee. That guy was really hairy. But she was like, Shauna. So everyone called me Shauna at work. Aww. And that's when my boss kept going, Shauna. 
So. <laughs> okay. Um, have you ever been rendered speechless at a, a from an interaction with a customer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had to take a moment because, yeah, I thought maybe I'd put my hands on someone and then I just was like, five, four, <laughs> hold it, you know, and then you just have to like handle it with humor, yep. take a moment, yep. take a breath. Yep. I mean, people are, are shockingly inappropriate. Yes. And um, impolite, yes, and unaware, yes. I would, I would totally and unapologetic. Agree. Yep. Um, what's the rudest thing you've ever said to a customer? Oh my god, where do we begin? I don't. <laughs> I don't. You know, I, I. It's been so long. I don't remember. That's okay. We, I don't remember the rudest thing I've ever said. I mean, like. You know, I jokingly said, I'm not Zorro. Yeah, that's, that's probably good. not the friendliest thing. I thought it was funny. <laughs> At least it was funny. Yeah, that's funny. Okay. Well, now we're going to transition to the good stuff. We hope you saved room for dessert. Um, what was the nicest thing that a customer has ever done for you that you can remember? Or one of the nicest things? I think, you know, just visiting me regularly. Um, they would come in with, like I said, uh, Max cool. Maxine Factor. She's the daughter, granddaughter of Max Factor. Holy shit! She'd come in, and she had her quirks, and 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 she wanted. She did like something from the third level, but boy, would I run for her because she was good people. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she would always just put, you know, have cash in a envelope, put it in my um, pocket. You know, there was this beautiful Persian couple that would come in. They were glamorous and they were just, they were like out of a magazine and they would also come with like an envelope and they're like, we just, you make us so happy, Shona. You know, <laughs> we love you, Shona. And it just, there were people that, that came through that touched my life and uh, and maybe they were just lonely and wanted company, but a lot of people were just, and they were supportive of my career. Some of them would show up at my shows. Aww. And, uh, you know, you just, you don't forget about those people. You know, I think about them often. And then there were the people that came in, they looked like they were straight out of Saturday Night Live. They looked like a character. They looked like they got out of a, a madhouse, you know. <laughs> and we would be back there just laughing, going, oh, my God, look at table two. I mean, you just it just never ended. It yeah. was a cast of characters. And it still is. Yeah. You know, that they changed the Mariposa room over. And now it's like really different looking. And it's a little colder feeling, and uh, they opened up all the makeup uh, counters. They moved that to the bottom floor, so it's more cosmetic down there, and sure. it's brighter. Um, and I don't know if they have the same people that come down there anymore, but I, once in a while, I still, you know, I get nostalgic, and I'll go there and see the staff and tip well and hug them, and it, it's it's just nice. Oh, I love that. Um, and what's the best lesson you learned from working customer service? Uh, just to be humble and always treat others as you'd like to be treated. If you're going to, I'm very, I'm always very aware when I meet anybody, when I greet, I always greet people if I'm pulling out of a parking structure. And this is how I decide if people are good people or not. If I was dating someone or whatever, uh, I knew my husband was a good man because, you know, we pull up to the parking structure where you give your ticket and you do you ask them, hi, how are you today? Uh, or, you know, you're at the supermarket, you're checking out. Are, are you friendly with the person? Or do you just, you stand there, you don't talk, you're on your phone. I just, people, they're, they're human beings. And I don't think if there's not some type of pleasantry, it's like, what are we all standing there? It's really easy to be a dick, but how hard is it for people just to be nice? So what I learned is just try and be as kind as you can to people and know that the service industry, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing. I have like respect for mothers, raising children. You know, if people are just stay at home mom, well, that's a, that's a big job. I used to nanny and take care of my sister's two kids. And it's a big job. You just got to respect people and be, and try and be kind, but they're doing a service for you and give back what you would want, you know, mm. tip out and be, and be nice. I love that. I couldn't have said it better. And what's one piece of advice that you would give customers who interact with customer service workers, just be nice, be nice and be understanding. You know, sometimes people are like, Oh my God, service is 
bad. Well, maybe if you look around, you see that person running, they're the only one on, and maybe it's the restaurant's fault that they didn't have more people on. Laugh it off a little bit. You know, if it's just totally terrible and the person's not nice to you, you don't need to make a scene. The other night I was out with some co the other day I was at uh, with some coworkers celebrating a coworkers' birthday. We had about an hour for lunch. And we've been to this place before and the same waiter I had before came up and somehow he's always in the weeds and he's like, oh, I just got sat and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, we kind of all laughed it off, but there was one person that was just off the rails, off, why do we choose this place? Just kept going, kept going. And then when I went to go handle the bill, she just let them, she let the waiter have it. I was really embarrassed and I still tipped him. I still took care of him. I still gave him 30%. I, he wasn't the best. You know, I saw and, and, but I was embarrassed. And I was like, God, there's always just that one cocksucker that's always? got to like <laughs> create a scene, let a rip. It was yep. like, calm down. Yeah. Calm down. Calm it's down. like, it's just, there's other things in this world we need to worry about. There's homeless people. Just, just calm down. Calm down. I love that. Um, well, how can people get in touch with you, Sean? What's your social? Well, they can just call me at my phone. Oh, <laughs> no, don't do, was, don't, do don't do it. Is that too personal? Don't do it. I'm really lonely. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, uh, my website, you can go uh, hahachick, H-A-H-A-C-H-I-C-K.com. That'll give you my show dates. And you can also contact me, reach email there. And um, at Sean Polofsky on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, my uh, Facebook rant show is the second Friday of every month at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room, which is just, you know, it's a it's a wonderful show. It's so, hilarious. It's, I've seen it a couple of times. It is so ridiculously funny. Thank you, Kate, funny. for your yeah. sweet support. Yeah, I love that show so much. And um, we how, love you. <laughs> how Believe can, me. <laughs> appreciate you. How can people get um, eyes on anything that you have either been in or like working on right now like when when does funny you should ask air or when can we see you oh well i whew, boy i just skipped that completely huh <laughs> um yeah i so i i have one hour comedy special out right now what Probably the place you could see it the easy easiest is amazon so if you're an amazon prime member you get it for free but it's on a lot it's on itunes it's it it it's on demand. It's on, it's in many, many places and more platforms than I can even start to recite. Okay. Um, it's on everything but Netflix. So, uh, what's it called? What's it called? <laughs> it's called stretch it out. Okay. And as Sean Pulaski, stretch it out. So you can, uh, always see my work on there and you can go to YouTube and, uh, you can watch the show that I produce and write on called funny. You should ask it's on CBS in uh, certain big cities at 2 PM to 3 p.m. I, I guess it runs twice and then or you can check like your local listings on on cable it, it, it shows uh, at a variable uh, different times of the day okay awesome thank you so much and um, well we're gonna drop checks now thank you so much for listening if you want to help us out here service from hell leave a five-star review on itunes and tell your friends to listen it will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind and be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry remember if you can't afford to tip you can't afford to go out so don't be garbage and be good to people it's easier that way thank you so much sean for being here we really appreciate oh, you uh, i really appreciate you having me and i think that's the service popo at the door right now <laughs> on that note we're gonna get out of here good night guys <laughs> <laughs>